You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Tusay. Thank you for joining us for the second episode of the second season of the Saved and Woke podcast. Last week, we left off in the middle of my conversation with Mr. Magnificent Miles. And today, we are picking back up on that. So without further ado, let's get right back to it. And then also, how can I be woke? Because a lot of people are like, how can you be down with social like social justice and like anything that sounds progressive if you call yourself a Christian. I was like, well, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit that dwells within every believer, and this is the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, um, uh, he, like we, he, he's a gift that we can, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit will, who is the spirit of truth, will lead us into all truth. And like when you think of the, that first definition of wokeness that I was talking about, which was just being aware of social realities or being aware of the truth then mm-hmm. i was like well if if i'm filled with the holy spirit and i am um and the holy spirit is leading me into all truth and being awoke is about understanding the truth and hmm, wouldn't the wouldn't wouldn't being a believer wouldn't being a spirit a spirit-filled believer actually facilitate wokeness and I believe that I believe that the answer is yes um, and to go even a step further I remember we had a really good conversation about this I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going I believe like I don't always say this I used to say it a lot but I have to kind of I have to really be intentional with my words you know um, mm-hmm. especially you know being the host of a podcast so what I will say so I well I want before I even say that. No I'll disclaimer. Say, give say it, give, it, give us what you're gonna so say. Like, <laughs> like the the tagline and of what of my show is that we're you know, Save the Woke yeah. podcast where Christ and consciousness go hand in hand. I believe they go hand in hand for everything I just said. Mm-hmm. And I actually I also believe to go further with that, that you're not truly woke if you are not a believer. Okay. And the reason that is is because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and, well, I will kind of spin that, and I, a lot of times I will say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wokeness. Mm. And the reason I say that is because if we're talking about how we're supposed to you know, understand the truth about the world that we live in, how can you say that you are woke if you don't understand what I believe is the most basic truth? Not just in America, not just in culture, not just in society or, or economics or anything, but in the universe. The most basic truth in the universe is that God is and that he sent his son to save us. And if you can't see that basic truth, then nothing else really matters. I think it's important to be politically aware. I think it's important to be so um, socially aware. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, and when I say at the end of the day, I'm talking like from a cosmic scale. Like when you leave this world... And you go and you're in front of God, like it's not gonna matter how much um, political knowledge you had. Um, it's not gonna matter how socially astute you were. 
What's going to matter is God is going to ask you, did you believe my son? Did you believe in my son? And that's it. That's going to determine your eternity. And as a believer, we believe that, you know, eternity is what our lives are, you know, terminal or, I think that's it, yeah. Our, um, temporary. Yeah, temporary lives on earth are leading up to. And then we're going to, you know, spend an eternity with, with, uh, with God. I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's what we're all leading up to. And if you don't believe in Christ, then you don't even going to have access to that. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of wokeness, I would say, or the fear of God is the beginning of wokeness. Um, the belief in Christ is the most essential wisdom, the most essential revelation, the most essential piece of wokeness that you will that you will get like social wokeness like again it's important and i do believe that the holy spirit will not only like lead you to go to college or go to um to to study like uh social work or pursue a profession that would lead you into understanding society and culture uh, for what it really is and not for what is portrayed or um what is advertised to be but will also show you how like the, the spiritual the spiritual causes behind or that are really fueling things like oppression, racism um, and like rampant inequality. I believe that those are all come from spiritual problems. So, so thinking about, like, I've been on a lot of college campuses, Mm -hmm. and there's always, like, once it starts to get somewhat warm outside, is what every campus tends to call the Jesus man. And he's the guy that stands in the middle of the quad or in the middle of, like, the central gathering area, and he says, you must repent Mm -hmm. or you're going to hell, and he... Mm -hmm holds up like tampons and he does all these crazy ridiculous things. No, seriously. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll save that story for another time. But the the idea is that is someone coming in to a college campus and saying that if you don't do this, you're going to hell. And they use that as a fear tactic and a motivator to for to say that's why you should believe. Mm-hmm. So you, Mr. Save and Woke, tell me shortly, compared to that, how do you how would you tell someone they should believe? Hmm. Well the most effective way I would tell someone to believe is not by telling them at all, but by letting them know that I am a believer and then by letting them see Christ through me, by how I live. Um, The Bible says that, you know, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. This is in John 1. Um, And then, like, that's the first one. And then in verse 14, it says that, the word came down and dwelt among us, that the word was made flesh in Jesus Christ. Um, and, of course, we know that he was, the at that time, he was God's only begotten son. 
But then after his death and resurrection, like Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So that means that you and I, as believers, that we're also now children of God. And so that also means that the, that the word of God, God's word, which is, which is infused with his will, can be made flesh through us. Mm-hmm. And like we couldn't understand how to live. Like people, humanity could not understand how to live holy and acceptably to God, which is why Jesus had to do it. And he did it in a way in which we can understand. He didn't come down in some angelic, heavenly body. He came down in flesh. Like, not only did he come down in flesh, but he didn't, he didn't come down as a full-grown man, which probably, I don't know, if I was God, I might have done that. But <laughs> he came down as a baby, yeah. you know, and started just like us so that we could understand that we have, we have no excuse now to, um, to uh, not live righteously. Because mm-hmm. God, he did, he did it in a way. He did life. How we do it, mm-hmm. um, but he did it um, filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, and in a way that was pleasing to our Father God. And so, when I live in a way that's pleasing to Father God, that's how I show people that God is real. Mm-hmm. And just to like that—that that even happens to me. Like when I see people who are live in a way that is, especially when it's just completely counter to what society um, and culture and you know your mama didn't tell you what to do but is in line with the Bible I'm just like wow I know the only way you could have done that is if the Holy Spirit who changes people's hearts actually did change your heart um, so what if I'm just a good guy what if, what if, what, guy? what if I don't believe but every day I get up and I give a portion of my check to a random homeless person I go to a soup kitchen for lunch, and I don't eat. I fast because I want to feed everybody else, and I give them the sandwich out of my mouth. What if I just do everything right, and I'm nice, and I'm helpful, and I'm a good citizen? What's the difference? Got you. Well, uh, Jesus said that there is no one good but the Father. There is no one good. Um, and then uh, the Bible also talks about how there are forms of righteousness or forms of godliness, but our godliness, like you, you know, you feeding the poor, you giving your check to, to the hungry and the homeless, like our righteousness to God is like filthy rags. And just think about that imagery. Like we kind of like, especially someone who is, who was like raised in church like me, like, when we hear that term filthy rags, kind of don't get the imagery. Like, filthy rags. So, first of all, just think of a rag. A rag is, what is a rag? It's like, like a, I used to think of, like, a, some beat-up T-shirt. So, it's already something that was beat-up, used, and a rag is, like, it's not even good for what it was originally intended for. So, it's not good for somebody to wear. All right? Not only is it a rag, but it's filthy. So, it's probably got a bunch of dirt and grime and stuff in it. And so, usually, like, in my house, we would use rags to to like clean up like dust furniture and stuff but we didn't use a we couldn't use you can't you can't even use a filthy rag for that because if you're washing something that is dirty and oily then everything that you wash it with is going to be dirty and oily with so it's your righteousness is completely useless um and that sounds kind of harsh to say but when when you're comparing yourself to the completely totally holy and perfect God, 
mm-hmm. then it makes sense. And like when when you are your basis for righteousness or like some some like well at least I'm not cussing and smacking women and stuff like that. If that's your parameter of righteousness, then great. And all the stuff that you're doing is good. How? Um, but when you're taking into consideration that there actually is a God and that righteousness is not subjective, um, then you have to seriously consider the implications of you deciding your own brand of righteousness in the face of a God who has decided for us and made a way for us to be righteous. Because when you become, when you believe, the Bible says you are made righteous. And you can't, like, it's actually kind of almost, it's actually freeing in a way because a lot of times people think that you have to do things to, mm-hmm. to be righteous and, and even a lot of Christians think you have to do things to be righteous but like if we could do to be righteous then Jesus wouldn't have to come for us um, he wouldn't have had to come to die on the cross for our sins and he did that and because of Jesus we have been made righteous and like let's say yeah as a Christian I do believe that we should do those things mm-hmm. but like I don't do those things so that I can be righteous mm-hmm. I do those things because Jesus has made me righteous mm-hmm. okay so I got another question for you. This one I, I, I want to hear the answer. Is Jesus woke? <laughs> Is Jesus woke? So, I'll revisit very quickly our definition of wokeness. Is someone who is aware of the truth about all things. Okay? Simply put. And I would say, yeah. Because Jesus, first off, even before Jesus came to earth, he was God. That's what John 1 and 1 says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Mm-hmm. Then the Word came down as flesh, and that was Jesus. And you can even see it. Like Jesus, people would try to slip, uh, try to trip Jesus up in arguments, and he always knew. <laughs> he always knew um, not only their motives, but he also knew the perfect thing to say to stump them. And so, yes, Jesus is the first woke. He's, he, he granddaddy woke. Okay. Granddaddy woke. <laughs> <laughs> granddaddy so woke. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So we, we've talked about, you know, what it means, you know, why it's important as someone who is woke to understand what it means to be saved. And so explain, tell me a little bit about the opposite. What does it mean as a saved person? Why should every saved person strive to be woke? Okay, good. That's a great question too. Um, Because the reason saved people should not just bulk at things that sound woke or progressive or anything like that is because, like I said, the Holy Spirit will and wants to guide you into all truth and wants to sh- wants to show you um, not just everything that's good about being saved and being a Christian, but we also we also need to be mindful of the tactics of the enemy. 
Because when you're a believer, you are also, you are, you are a soldier in the army of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And so what kind of army does not know the tactics of its enemy? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let's see, I don't know, maybe if in the, you know, the, in the Vietnam War, you know, they would have to learn about, you know, the, the Viet Cong's specific type of guerrilla warfare. And know that, hey, you know what? That looks like it's just a tree branch, but that's actually a sniper right there, you know? And so um, for the woke Christian, we have to understand, like, you know what? People tell you that that police officer is there in this particular neighborhood just because it's ridden with crime. It's like, but they're actually encouraged to... Uh, to harass and ticket people who are, you know, who have the least amount of access to, to, to lawyers and to people in high places that could help them, you know, uh, push back against, you know, over-policing. So, like, you know what, those police who are, you know, touted as, you know, protectors of society, as, as public servants, really what their job is to do is to to maintain status quo. To, to maintain the status quo and to also to to generate revenue for for their city and I guess for sheriffs like for their county mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's what I would say for for Christian people because it's like and I, although Christians you know we get the spiritual side of things a lot but we also don't understand how we fit into the world in terms of of culture and in turn and just in a sense of uh, in sense of time mm-hmm. because you know a lot of people like I remember when I made this one Instagram video I was talking about how I was upset about people talking about how I had to I was tired of Christians saying that I had to you know stand for the national anthem um and wait 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 yeah i need you to give me more details behind that one Mm -hmm. so why would christians say that you need to stand for the national anthem well because like i was saying earlier i feel like a lot of christians especially american christians have associated have taken a lot of american things and transplanted that into their christianity so it was like, not only is me standing for the national anthem just a show of honor towards my country, it's also confirmation that I'm being a good Christian because I'm standing for, I'm standing to represent my pride in this Christian nation. And I put Christian nation in the biggest, most sarcastic air quotes that I could do for people listening. Um, yeah, he really did. He put like seven air quotes on that. I did it, so. I did it multiple times. <laughs> I did it multiple times. Um, so you so think that there... I, I want to make sure I've answered the question fully. So to Christians, like 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 myself, like I actually, I didn't say this before, but I, I was one of those sleep Christians for a good minute who would have got upset with people for not standing for the national anthem, who who believe that like, if you got arrested, it was because you did wrong. And of course, police are going to be, um, you know, they're going to be lurking in these areas because that's where all the crime is lurking, you know. 
Um, but when I finally got, was awoken to the realities that, you know, that, you know, crime exists in places where it is allowed to exist. And if it's allowed to exist somewhere, if it's, if it's allowed to, to manifest and to be propagated and to just increase, it's allowed to do that for specific reasons. Allowed by who? It's allowed, like, we're getting into a bunch of other stuff. We could have, like, so many conversations about this. But it's allowed by... Okay, just to keep it easy, I'm just going to say it's allowed by demand, right? Demand. The people, people, yeah, people people in power who um, want to maintain the status quo, which keeps the majority of wasps, like you put it, in an elevator position above anybody who is not white, affluent, and what else? (laughs) (laughs) White, (laughs) Anglo-Saxon. Protestant. Protestant, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in the midst of this, I started picking up a thing. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that woke people and saved people inevitably have the same goal? I would say that they have some overlapping interests. I would not say that they have the same goal. <laughs> okay, so what the reason I would say that is because as a Christian, I'm supposed to be all about establishing the kingdom of God in the earth and making sure that as many people as possible believe in God and will believe in, in Jesus as the son of God and believe in the finished work, his finished work on the, cro- on the cross. Um, and a lot of that, and this is where it overlaps with wokeness, a lot of that, and like I believe that um, a godly society w- it, um, has, you know, equality, love, um, and care for others, things of that nature. And I believe that a lot of woke people want those things too. But... Um, the beginning and the foundation of all that for Christian people is believing in Christ. And that's why I say we have overlapping interests but not the same goals. Mm-hmm. Um, because my goodness is coming from a belief in Christ, whereas their goodness is just coming their their belief that we just should be nice to each other. And there's really it's kinda like when you talk about well, when I'm talking to people I'm just like, well, why do you think we should be good? I was like, there's no, there's no real like basis on like, well, why, why should we be good? Why should we do this, do these things? And I said, oh, well, it's, it's just, it's baseless, pretty much. Like, whereas I'm saying that, oh, things should be different because I know who my God is, and this guy who actually exists and who actually is good says that these things are good. So I'm like, okay, that's why we should. That's why um, I am for a lot of things that sound progressive where they're like if you're just being progressive just to be progressive i don't understand that just like i don't understand why you're being conservative just for the sake of being conservative okay so and again it's really complex so like it's 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 a it's a these are difficult conversations to have i'm i do not see myself as an expert in talking about these concepts but i just wanted to with the podcast and now with the youtube channel to just provide a space for these ideas and these topics to be bounced around in a way that I had not 
you know, seen or heard them before. Okay. So that almost brings us to somewhat wrapping up. So tell me, where do you want to see Saved and Woke, the Saved and Woke brand? And how do you want, where do you want to see it in five years? And how do you want it to influence people? It's mm. really big. I don't know if I've thought about it that far out yet. But... Okay, well, how do you want it to influence people? Well, I want people to know that just because someone says they're a Christian does not automatically mean that they are closed-minded, um, bigoted, or backwards. Um, and I also want people to know that you can be socially conscious without being quote-unquote militant, which is a problematic term in and of itself, <laughs> um, or without being subversive, mm -hmm. without being like an anarchist. Um, and I also want people to know that righteousness and truth is not relative and there is a definitive truth in the person of Jesus Christ and in terms of my projections my my goals for the Save the World podcast I would just like to to bring in other saved and woke voices, other saved and woke per perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't try and portray myself as coming with the saved and woke perspective mm -hmm. uh, because just as there could be a lot of there's a lot of Christians and there's a lot of just like we're, we're all individuals. I do think there are some things that we should share. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some basic foundational things that we should agree on. You know. But we don't have to agree on everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to bring in other saved and woke voices, other saved and woke perspectives, so that we can increase or continue the conversation and also enlarge the conversation to include more and more people, um, especially people who at one time would not have considered themselves saved or would not have considered themselves woke. Um, and I would like for, I mean, mainly I would really love for this podcast to lead to American Christians and, and I guess Western Christians to really embody the Christianity that's in the Bible and to, be, to help us all to think of ourselves as Americans and as Christians more objectively from a perspective that's taken a, take, take a couple steps back or ha has taken a couple steps back and to look at ourselves from a more widened context instead of how Christianity is usually presented to us. Okay. So such a narrow lens. So if you had one last, if you had 30 seconds to sell everybody who might even accidentally clicked on this video, on the SoundCloud, tell them why they should tune in to Save Them Woke. 30 seconds. 
you should tune in to Saved and Woke because you're going to hear some things that you've heard before, but in a way that you have never heard them discussed. Uh, and, I mean, I'm a fun guy, and I have fun talking about these things, these really difficult topics. Um, so, yeah, you're going to learn something. You're going to have fun. And you might even get a little mad, but I think it's all good. All right. All right. Well... I think that's all my questions I have for you. We've been we've been talking for a good while. I've got to truly understand who Mr. Saved and Woke is. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to have any other, do you have any shout outs? Do you want to talk about um, your personal things going on in your life, the blessings? You want to share something with the audience today? Well, since you are clearly hinting at something specific, I'll just go ahead and let everybody know. I'm going to give a shout out to my lovely wife. If it wasn't for her, I never would have started Saved and woke her name oh, is. You can look Monique. all go, come all the way into the camera so she can see. <laughs> right there. So they know. So they know. Monique, to say <laughs> my lovely, beautiful wife, who this October will be the mother of my first child. Yes. Applause. Applause on that. Applause on that. Um, and I give, of course, um, honor. Toussaint. Yeah. <laughs> to my little baby, Toussaint. Um, give shout outs to. to DeAndra Jenkins, because she is my co-host. She's not here this episode, but she will be rejoining me for uh, later on in season two. Um, like she was rolling with me, and when I she was one of the first people that I shared the podcast with, and she was excited from the jump, and she was a huge part of me staying motivated to to keep it going because she showed me that hey, there is there are people out here who who need something like this and who are excited and who have been waiting for something like the Save the World podcast. Um, also, shout out to my man, Sean Streeter, also known as Streets from It's a Street Box Beat uh, Productions for coming up with the, the beat, intro. The, the intro and outro and beat the for, for uh, season one and the new one for season two. They're both by It's a Street Box. So if you need any sort of audio production, especially if you need if you need beats, you need to hit so up. So where will we find? Where will we? How will we be able to get in contact with him? I will include um, his contact information in the show notes or in the YouTube description. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, of course, we got to shout out to God, right? Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, because I mean, God is the one who directed me, like I said, the fear of God is the beginning of wokeness. God gave me the, the intellect, the desire, the curiosity, to the passion to, one, seek out this, this knowledge, this wisdom, and then to, to share it in, in these forms. So all glory and all honor goes, goes to him, definitely. And just I'll do a personal shout-out just to say, Thank you to God for bringing me here. I met this good brother, yes. and he's definitely changed my life, um, brought me to church, made, helped me uh, meet the Cove family. A good, yep. big shout-out to them. Um, I also shout-out uh, my close personal friend, Olivia. She's super dope. She's super great. I won't put no names, no last name or anything like that in there, but... She knows who she is. I want to thank all my friends and family. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. But also, 
to my supporters from Everything's Magnificent. I am Mr. Magnificent Miles. I run a blog, and hopefully it will be expanding into other ventures very soon. Everything's, with an S, everythingsmagnificent.com. No apostrophe. And I do want to say thank you, Miles, for agreeing to do this. I really appreciated it. Like, I wanted somebody to come and interview me, but I could not think of who (laughs) should do it. And then God just sent you here. So I appreciate you for taking this on and for doing such a great job, man. Yes. You really added a lot. Well, when I tell you right now, I could pop up whenever you want me. I got plenty of questions. (laughs) And we can have these conversations. But I thank you for the opportunity. It's been a blast. And to everybody out there, peace and keep the faith and stay woke.